Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good morning, folks. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, June 15th, 2020. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope your families and your friends and your businesses and everything is going well for you. And uh, hopefully uh, this uh, message today is encouraging and, um, and ultimately uh, helpful, uh, whether it be to business or personal, whatever it might be. But today's topic is all about social media speak. And what do we mean by that? Well, of course, if anybody spent any time on social media on any platform, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, LinkedIn, whatever it might be, although LinkedIn is kind of a different category because it's more like a business LinkedIn, or as I've often said, it's Facebook and a tuxedo, um, which is not to knock on it. I, I love LinkedIn. I think it's a great platform. I use it on a daily basis and not to age myself, but uh, I use it as an online Rolodex. You know, I'm looking for uh, different contacts, looking for referrals, looking for whatever it might be, information um, in terms of, um, you know, business, uh, as I mentioned, referrals, whatever it might be. So uh, I've definitely utilized it. I obviously utilize other social media platforms. And, you know, and kind of in line with last, last week's podcast, which was talking about sort of the power of platforms and, you know, essentially platforms being utilized to distribute information and and to uh, distribute content and to consume content. And especially with everything going on these days with the protest and the riots and the looting, and then of course, um, everything going on with COVID-19 and all these different things that are happening, obviously social media plays a huge role, right? And, you know, sort of this idea that with uh, great power, you know, comes great responsibility and platforms and social media in, in, in specific uh, are very powerful in that sense. And so, whereas last week's discussion and the podcast was all about the power of platforms, this week we're really going to talk about what the effect of that is. So, you know, it, it is interesting because we live in a world where most of our communication comes through some medium, right? And it may be a platform, it may be an application or some electronic means to communicate. And it, it's sort of interesting because history shows that before platforms and applications and electronic means, um, paper, you know, essentially writing on paper, writing in books, um, writing letters, that served as sort of like the major medium. And then the printing press obviously helped with, with that distribution of, of content, if you will. And, you know, before that, it was stories and information that were passed down uh, from person to person and from people to people. Uh, you know, I you remember sort of hearing growing up, you know, stories of Native Americans and how they, they passed down um, stories amongst, amongst their people. And, of course, this is something that has occurred uh, throughout the world, um, you know, prior to technology being introduced. And, you know, we also live in a world where people can get paid for communicating, you know, influencers and this sort of thing. I mean, I've represented influencers and still do. And it, it is a great way to make money. It's a great way to do brand partnerships. 
and you know the reality of it is is you have to go where the customers are and and customers are all over social media so you know again uh, this idea that people getting paid to communicate uh, but that's nothing new right because people have been being getting paid to communicate for years whether it be to write a book or um, to give a public speech or whatever it might be it's just that platforms have allowed for this to occur at a much larger sort of more exponential rate right it happens more frequently and it's easier to do everybody can be their own mouthpiece now and it's not necessarily a bad thing you know essentially it's the um, a bad analogy here but it's it's like the first amendment on steroids right as the saying might go and you're allowed to sort of publish you know for the most part what you will and what you want uh, and that has good and bad effects, right? So it gives everybody a voice, but it's also a situation where, um, you know, maybe some things uh, are better left unsaid or better left unshared um, in sort of a, a, a funny way there. Um, but obviously it could be more serious there too. So, you know, people, you know, whom the public views or, you know, advertisers consider valuable, um, have always paid to see brands and, and, and brands will pay to get their message out there. And often they're using influencers or, you know, social media accounts or whatever it might be. And it's no different for news media outlets. You know, they have to sell advertising space and uh, they need to get eyeballs on their content. So, um, and again, sort of this idea of, um, this idea of how much easier it is to communicate through technology and electronic communication. You know, think about, you know, texting and emails and um, social media platforms and even education these days, especially with COVID, you've got, you know, a lot of education moving online, right? And what does that look like? And communication becomes uh, easier, but it's also easier to disconnect in that way too, because you're not face-to-face. Um, you know, how often have you gone to a restaurant and you're out to eat with folks and, and people are playing on their cell phones or they're not paying attention to what you're saying. Uh, there's so many ways to be distracted. And I will say that I think one of the benefits of everything that's going on with COVID is the ability to reconnect with people and ability to really get back to what matters and that's relationships. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that uh, when we have too many toys, right? We have uh, uh, too many distractions. So, you know, and it is interesting. Talk about monetizing. You know, for example, Facebook owned Instagram recently introduced monetization for their Instagram TV and having ads on there. Um, there's sort of this newfound love for uh, TikTok, which is a uh, owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. And this is some TikTok's been around for you know for 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 a while. I'd say a few years at least, but it's just now becoming popular in the United States. And uh, it's, it's grown so exponentially, especially during COVID, that um, users and content and money-making ability have, have increased to where there's even discussion now of potentially having some long-form content on the platform, you know, like, like we've seen with, obviously, somewhat of a different example, but where you see Facebook Live or you see Twitter, you know, hosting sports content, live sports content. Uh, this is something that, you know, maybe you're having potential you know, films or short films or um, branded content, whatever it might be appearing on the platform. And then, of course, there's been this reinvigoration of Snapchat. And this is something that somewhat fell um, 
in terms of popularity and people kind of moved away from the platform with, um, with Instagram, but I think Snapchat's really kind of had a reinvigoration and where they just brokered a deal with uh, Disney, the NFL and Viacom for different content, obviously separate deals, but uh, they did indeed broker those deals. And so, you know, obviously social media is a huge player here. It's where probably the majority of people get their information these days. Um, you could probably break that down into demographics and, you know, maybe say that the uh, elderly or the older population amongst us, you know, maybe doesn't utilize social media as much. Maybe the younger population does. Um, and then you could even say that the youngest amongst us maybe prefer to use, you know, a, a Twitch platform or, or maybe they prefer to use Snapchat or TikTok versus, um, you know, let's say millennials might prefer Facebook or Instagram. So I think it just all just depends. Um, and then of course, Twitter is kind of an interesting platform as well. And uh, that's got some interesting demographics there too. But I think what this is all to say is that, you know, content is still king and distribution is still queen. Uh, as the famous quote by uh, Jonathan Perelman, uh, an agent in Hollywood. But I think, you know, more importantly, what does content consumption in this fashion, you know, with social media and the way that it is, what does it say about our culture and progress? And, um, you know, thankfully, you know, the First Amendment of the United States Constitution guarantees our right to free speech and to peacefully uh, assemble, right? Um, and nonetheless, how we receive and comprehend communication matters. And I think that's where uh, some issues arise. You know, so in the current environment, right or wrong, and however you feel about it, um, you know, and I've got my own thoughts on that, but, you know, tech and social media platforms are immune from liability in the United States, and yet they simultaneously have little to no regulation uh, as to what information is published. On the other hand, tech and social media platforms are free to regulate speech they deem unfit for their platform, where they come up with policies, um, you know, like hate speech or uh, what might seem violent or inciting violence, these sorts of things. And I think for the most part, again, I know I don't work for a tech company, you know, maybe this comes from a good place in the sense of you can't walk into, uh, you know, a movie theater and, and yell fire, right? You know, there's limits to free speech, right? But there has to be a justification for it. And the more public the platform, and I mean that in the traditional sense, not in the application sense, the more public the platform, usually the higher scrutiny you have to overcome to justify the restriction on that speech. But of course, this is the question of our time, right? We've talked about this previously where um, how do you regulate tech platforms? And what does that look like? And what's fair? And, and what's within the constitutional bounds, right? But I think there's three things that um, sort of that power and potentially that lack of oversight brings to the table. And, and I think those in, in this sort of social media and platform information age. I think number one is this idea of being first, not right. I think that there's this idea that we have to be first. We have to get information out there. If we don't share it now, uh, it becomes um, not relevant. 
uh, it becomes sort of, you know, second page news, so to speak. So it, I think Denzel Washington had this right. He was interviewed at one time and uh, somebody asked him, you know, like, what do you make of the news media? And he said, you know, I think there's this call to be first, not right. And, you know, it's going to be you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't, in terms of whether you read the news or don't read the news, right? And whether you utilize social media or you don't. And so it's sort of this interesting dichotomy, right? But I think he definitely saw it clearly about information and communication in the information age. And the one thing that's interesting about this, though, and the one thing that I've really tried to strive in my practice and strive in this podcast and anything that I write is to look for ways to communicate good information, information that's truthful, uh, information that maybe might be bland, right? But I'd rather be bland than be untruthful. And, uh, you know, again, I think if users and if platforms and if just industry in general focused on getting information right, more people would follow and listen, uh, which would be great in general, but it also would create more uh, monetization opportunities. I think number two is sacrificing um, truth for followers and views. There's, uh, there's a line out there where it talks about like, you know, clickbait and these sorts of things. And I think that's part of it. And you look at the headlines and, um, you know, that sort of thing. And, and, but then you look at the content of the article and it's completely different. I think ultimately what we're trying to get out here is that, you know, we should be seeking truth in the effort of gaining more followers and views, right? It should be a byproduct. It shouldn't be the purpose of it, right? You shouldn't say, oh, more followers and views regardless of what we're putting out there. And, you know, and again, I think unfortunately the current market, marketplace is the opposite. Opposite, I think that people, um, I think sometimes there's opportunities where uh, people look to sacrifice truth just for getting something out and, and, and not sort of looking at context and, um, you know, looking to gain and influence followers and monetization, but sacrificing something while doing it. So kind of what I implement is I say before posting or sharing or liking anything, you know, again, and this hap stuff happens in real time a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the time, but I think users should consider, uh, and again, I'm, you know, uh, I put this on myself as well, you know, consider the quality of the source, consider the truth and correctness of the information and or whether sharing the information is valuable as in sharing good news or a good message. I always try to share a good, positive, uplifting message. As my grandma used to say, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. And I, I, I definitely put that in my practice. I put that in my personal life. I try to keep things positive. I try to treat people, you know, according to the golden rule, uh, you know, how I would like to be treated. But I, I think, you know, ultimately platforms and people really do reward convenience, not correctness. And I think there should be a conversation about how do we incentivize truth and how do we make truth a priority, right? And especially in this information age of where we have access at our fingertips. And then lastly, I think, you know, looking at sort of this, like the herd mentality, right? And it's this idea that the herd mentality gets squared, to use a mathematical term, when we're talking about social media because in the past communication moved slower and today it moves a lot faster and is constantly increasing in speed 
and we can see this when information is shared and reshared, tweeted and retweeted, and posted and reposted. And uh, where information moves quickly and people and platforms are incentivized for being first or at least not late, it adds to the herd mentality that folks should just follow as a as opposed to being left behind. Right. And and so, you know, all that being said and being fair, social media is a terrific invention. It truly is. It's it's the it's the printing press of our time, right? It's allowed for communication to occur at an exponential level. And it's a great way for entertainment media, sports folks, talent and brands to use it equally for good and for monetization. And, um, you know, so I, I, I don't want to, you know, not highlight that. I mean, again, I started the conversation with, uh, this is something I use on a daily basis. But I think the point to remember is that uh, with great responsibility, you know, comes great influence, right? And, and you have the ability to uh, consume and distribute information. And, you know, again, I would highlight the fact that monetization of content is great, uh, but I would be looking long-term. I'd be looking at how can you create great content so that the followers will come and the views will come and uh, the trust will come because at the end of the day, people always gravitate towards people and things that they can trust. So. With that being said, folks, hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. This is episode 24 of Believe in Sports Law in Season 2. I'm Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law, and um, I look forward to being back with you very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.